Hey girl, hey, we're back with a brand new season of your favorite podcast, the self-love podcast by Love Madden. Welcome back to our true blues and welcome in to our new friends and followers. This is season seven. Join us each Monday as we talk through the scripture and the science of self-love and what it means for our healing. Each week, we'll give you a passage, a prayer, and a practice to apply to your own self-love journey. Prepare to laugh, learn, and lean in. Make yourself comfortable and pull up a seat. There's always room at our table. Welcome in. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You ready to dive in? Dive in. For those of you who missed it, our last episode was a paid subscriber-only episode, and it was a lot. It It was a lot. We went long, long. We went deep. For those of you who did tune in, you got to spend your whole afternoon with us because it was like hour and a half. <laughs> We're ready to jump in. Yes. All right. So love it or leave it. You want to go? I went first last time. Okay. I have a love it. Okay. It's Cora brand feminine care. Oh. It's organic. Mm-hmm. No like pesticides, mm-hmm. dioxins, whatever. Um, they make great pads, great tampons, super mm. absorbent. And like, um, what do you call it, the cups? Like the, the cups, reusable yeah, stuff? No, yeah. I'm good on those. Really? Have you tried the cup? Yeah. You like it? They, they work. Oh, okay. It feels like messy to me. Yeah. So. It's not I something know. I would do like out and about, which yeah. I usually am. But like, yeah, if I'm home or doing something. Okay. Yeah. So I like them. And then also they are one of those companies that um, buy one, give one. So oh. every feminine care product you purchase mm-hmm. provides it for young girls and students who don't have access to um, feminine care. I love that. Have you ever tried Honeypot? Yeah. Is it like similar or Honeypot has like the infusion of the herbs and spices and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, no, it's nothing like that. This is just like cotton. Yeah. But it has like an absorbent layer because some of the other brands like Always and stuff, I think, I think they put, they must put like chemicals in them to make them more absorbent. But they that haven't done well with those. So this is a oh. yeah. So this is a clean brand, which I love about love it. it. Yeah. But it still works well because mm-hmm. some of them are they'll say 100 percent cotton and it ain't doing what it needs to doing what done. it needs to do. Honeypot, I like their like their washes, their wipes, all those yeah, kind of things. Yeah, I do use the washes and wipes. <coughs> I do actually use the um, the pads too. I'm a pads girl. I'm not a tampon girl unless there is a need, like I'm going swimming or something at the, at the beach. However, you only use pads. Yeah, fully. I know. They say it's old lady, but yuck. What? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? I'm so sorry to say that to react that way. Anyway, I like to use pads as a backup. Yeah, no pads is my <coughs> thing. I don't know. I I don't know. I've never been into been into it unless, um, like I said, I was going swimming or I had an outfit that required it. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. Maybe you haven't found. <coughs> the right tampon. Excuse me for the coughing, guys. I'm still getting over my cold. Maybe I haven't, or maybe I just don't like them. And Cora has applicator free, which I love. Oh, I love that because then you don't have to take this big old thing around. It's like mm, a tiny little tiny discreet. Little thing. Yeah. Mm. All right. You? What am I loving <coughs> this week? Oh, I am loving <coughs> Morgan Harper Nichols. She is a um, poet. She has uh, a book of poems, but then more recently I started following her on Instagram and she has a lot of like good, I'm sure she's pulling it from her, you know, repertoire, but she's always posting like good uplifting 
quotes, messages, etc. Um, and, and she's an artist. She like draws. Oh yeah, she draws it as well. Yeah, so it's just really beautiful. And then recently I w- was going through something and um, I came downstairs and I had a card and a crumble cookie box and my card was from the Morgan Harper Nichols collection. <coughs> and it was so beautiful. So I'm feeling Morgan Harper Nichols. I had a little surprise. The card and cookie was from your boo? Yes. Oh, and that to take back to the um, paid subscribers, I talk a little bit more in detail about the boo on the previous episode. It was very, so you know, sometimes like you just don't think people, I I didn't, it was like so unexpected. I just Mm -hmm. didn't even think, I don't know that he was going to do it or he felt like whatever I was going through in that day was like worthy of it. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just tell you a quick story. He was like, I was on the phone with my grandmother and he was like, oh, can you go downstairs and get me some juice? And in my mind, I'm like, see, I'm on the phone. You don't see I'm on the phone talking to my grandmother. Like, why are you asking? But you didn't say it. No, I didn't say it. It was just in my mind. I got my butt up and I went to get the juice (laughs) put in my mind. I'm like. Why are you asking me to get this juice? Then when I went downstairs, I turned the corner. I said, "Oh, he had used flowers." My I had just had my um, godmother's funeral, and so I had like some little flowers. Mm-hmm. He had like put flowers and a candle, and used this other little like sign I had got for like the fall that said "Grateful." I was like, "Look, look at you! Aww. You just put this whole little thing together." So sweet. It was nice. But the card, going back, was a Morgan Harper Nichols card. And she has, like, a really good card line as well. So oh. I'm loving Morgan Harper Nichols. And I was loving that surprise from my boo. And I love her story. She um, found out as an adult that she's on the autism oh, spectrum yes. and has shared just about, like, always kind of feeling out of place and socially awkward and how she's just discovered things that have made her life smoother, smoother. Um, just For by kind of doing the work. Oh. Yep. So... That is my love it for this week. And now it's time to set the table. Oh, yes. I'm back on passage duty this week, guys, because our good girlfriend is still on the sick and shut in list. So today's today's passage. Oh, now I can't even talk. Today's passage. (laughs) All right. Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke 5, 16. Are you good? Do you need me to read the intro? Can you read the passage again? Oh, yeah, without the... The wilderness fumble? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Yes, I can read it again. (laughs) I'm not a perfectionist or anything. So I've been doing um, uh, audio recording for this video we're putting together for work. Mm -hmm. And so I would have to do like a lot of takes because I would mess up like one word and I'd be like, oh, can you really hear that? I messed it up. And then I'd be like, dang, I gotta go back and record. So this is just a Maddie doing a tenille. Action. Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Luke 516. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for that. No problem. Today's episode, Solitude, Not Isolation, is a continuation of the most recent subscriber-only essay on my platform, lovemadden.substack.com. The essay was called The Magic of Me Time, The Transformative Power of Solitude. Mm -hmm. If you're not a paid subscriber, you can sign up today and catch up on all the latest content 
Um, including this essay where I talk about how to create a daily quiet time practice while also warning against um, the trap of isolation and loneliness in the name of solitude and how we can combat those things. So today we're going to dive deeper into that part of the discussion specifically um, how we can say yes to Mm -hmm. meaningful solitude, but actively still fight against the dangers of prolonged isolation Um, So here's a snippet from that essay that I want to read to you guys. I love that I am an extrovert. It feels confident and cool to say. And it's not something that I have to try to be. Gravitating towards social interaction just comes naturally to me. For as long as I can remember, I have been the type of person who is energized by connection with those around me. Not just that, being around other people gives me a sense of security. If I'm honest, I haven't always felt comfortable with being alone. And because of this, for a long time, I've centered my identity around busyness, projects, and activity. In part because those things do fuel me, but also because they make me feel less alone. The last few years have turned this totally upside down. A year after giving birth to our miracle baby, an effort that I had obsessed over for the five years leading up to her arrival... I went directly from a season of postpartum seclusion into a season of pandemic isolation. I was quite literally forced into stillness and solitude, a place that was especially uncomfortable for me, on top of the looming anxiety and shared trauma that we were all navigating. Yet in doing this, over time, I discovered that there is a magic in me time and that I hadn't fully experienced it until then. Solitude, when we choose it with intention, is a space for divine connection, self-discovery, and creativity. My quiet time has become my therapy, my sanctuary, and my blank canvas. However, I'm also aware that when we're not intentional about our alone time, solitude can sour into loneliness. And loneliness is a type of separation, whether actual or perceived, that will wreak havoc on our mental and emotional health in ways that are not easily undone. Today, we will explore how to lean into one while being keenly vigilant against the other. Welcome to season seven, episode five, solitude, not isolation. And now it's time to dig in. Dig in. Yummy. All right. So we're going to start by talking about (laughs) solitude. How has solitude benefited you in your healing journey? Um. I think I talk about how in the on the healing journey, then the most important or the first step is acceptance. But mm-hmm. we really there's a step that comes before that. Right. Like we really can't get into acceptance of who we are or our situation without first having self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And solitude provides more space to become more self-aware. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it also provided me time for connection with God. Yes. Um, especially during, you know, those difficult times that we were living in. It was like the pandemic and the Black Lives Matter. And then I had this one year old and postpartum stuff. It was just a lot going on for everyone. Um, so I needed to lean into God further. So in that season, especially um, that quiet time, and I talk about it in the essay exactly like the blueprint for what my quiet time looks like. If anybody mm-hmm. wants to try to like look at the steps and what I've learned from that. Um, and then also it's given me an opportunity to be more creative mm-hmm. in terms of like, doing things like painting and coloring. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's been very valuable to me sort of physically, emotionally, and spiritually. How about you? Yeah, I would say for me, solitude has allowed me to cancel out the, the noise of um, the world or even just the voices of other people. Um, as I've shared in other episodes, 
I'm in a place now where I am just comfortable in in my own voice. And I think periods of solitude um, help you just recenter in terms of hearing what your thoughts are, hearing from God um, and not allowing the outside world or influences of your family, your friends, et cetera, um, cloud or guide kind of what you're Actually, doing. Okay, That's good. How have you practiced solitude with both attention and intention? Um, by making the time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, not just allowing it to happen like I just happen to be alone, but I'm making the time to be alone. Mm-hmm. And then making sure that I'm not, quote unquote, wasting the time alone, just scrolling or doing whatever, but that I'm being intentional about my time, whether it's taking a walk or quiet time when I'm driving mm-hmm. Or my, you know, quiet time that I talk about that I do in the morning, I'm journaling, I might be listening to a book, I might be just alone with my thoughts, paying attention to nature, being mindful. Um, If I have a a meal alone, I'm Mm -hmm. being mindful about what I'm eating, how it tastes, what that experience is like. Um, Brewing my coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm not just making it and rushing around and multitasking, but I'm being intentional by being mindful. Mindful. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I would say that um, I've... I don't do it as frequently. Like it's not something that I incorporate in my daily practice because I am someone who typically lives alone. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in solitude (laughs) a lot. (laughs) Right. But so for me, it's like um, scheduling and being intentional about taking time outside of the home to be in solitude. Mm -hmm. So whether that's taking a long drive to like last year, I went to Longwood Gardens for like just by myself. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, took a day trip, spent the night, walked the gardens by myself, like just scheduling that um, time for solitude. Again, as I'm a person who is in solitude a lot, right. But being intentional about it, I would say is me scheduling that time outside Mm -hmm. of the home. Because the home can become mundane. It can. And, and it did, especially during the pandemic. That's when I, I mean, I had always knew that I wanted to move outside of the condo, but it just like was oh, boxed in, amplified. Yeah. It's like you're in the, this one bedroom condo looking at these four walls for 24 hours of a day, like seven days a week. Cause we couldn't, I mean, we can go to the store, but that was pretty much it. It just got to be a lot. So I needed to take my little solitude outside of, the normal um, environment. Can we just pause and talk about how crazy that pandemic was? Like what we lived through? It was crazy. Yeah. Like I remember when you just said the condo, it reminded me of um, me being like, Tanil, it can seep through the vents from other units. Like maybe yeah, we had in the beginning. talking about I that. Mean, yeah, like our, in the beginning? Yeah, because you, you didn't know. And then it's like, you do have to navigate these like uh, tight spaces. So like even being on the elevator and just like, it was, it, we it's lived in some crazy trauma. So they have this, um, I'm sure you all have seen like the meme or the, the uh, tweets or whatever about like our generation. We've lived through so much like 9-11, the pandemic. I mean, wars. I could go. We yeah, endless stuff. Yeah, the, the wars. What else? Oh, Y2K. Y2. The, yeah, the housing bubble, like the recessions, like all the things. We've Black lived Lives through, Matter. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, we've lived through some stuff some good stuff too yeah president obama the first black president what else good have we lived through i mean outside of our own personal lives like the word i meant like for the world can you think of anything they brought justice they caught osama bin laden (laughs) that was good what else 
Flow Stadium. That is funny. The advent of the internet. Okay. Deaf Comedy Jam and Martin. Oh, y'all. Okay. And then we're going to get back on on track. Um, Have y'all seen that reel that's been going around about the decades of club life in D.C.? Oh, not the club life. No, no, no. And and so it was so true. It just talked about like the evolution of the mega club and how DC was like the home dream. of it. So Dream, H2O, Zanzibar, Park. Park. They were like, P- yeah. DC was moving like 20 H-12 to 25,000 people through like the going through different the nightclub rooms, thing. different floors, different DJs. Yes. It was, it was and they were time. talking about how like Dream would be packed to the max, but then you would go on that same night, like go down to the Zanzibar and that was packed or go to 1223 and that that was fact like it just was a time to be alive in all our business casual in our we were starting from the work casual. it was like at 12 23 had like a work buffet yes, happy it was like hour. a buffet happy hour <laughs> we would go home get cleaned up put work clothes back on like why am i in here with a ruffle top a blazer and a pencil skirt yes the club dress was definitely different in layers of necklaces oh killing it Eat the buffet and then wait for that joint to switch over to a party. Yeah, so that was a good a good time to be alive at, uh, to get away from all the tra- other trauma we had been experiencing. Anyway, the iPhone, social media, like all those things came to to it did. No, it was. not having to walk around when we were going to the club with the MapQuest. Paper, uh, that's what I was gonna say. Google Maps was a game changer on your phone, you, on your phone GPS. <laughs> And then when we got to the club, we had another sheet of paper for the free before 11. Wait, do y'all remember Garmin? So before like the GPS got on your phone, you had the oh, little yes. box <laughs> up on your dash. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Through all the technological advances. It's been some good stuff. There has been some good okay, stuff. Back okay. Back to the, back to what we're talking yeah, about. So what have you discovered about or d- discovered about yourself mm-hmm. recently during your alone time? I have a lot of good ideas that come to me in my alone time. Mm. So I feel like, like when I'm alone and it's quiet and I'm in this, you know, moment of intentional solitude, like, um, I have the space to ideate Mm -hmm. and to imagine and to be creative. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I don't necessarily feel because I'm always laden with the burden of doing everything Mm -hmm. and all these things work and this and that. So I just love that I've, I know that I'm creative, but I think my quiet time, I've discovered about myself that I have a lot of good ideas ideas. and just things that I can produce that just aren't necessarily for work, but that I just want to do and like to do. Like passions, things like that. What about you? So I'm going to be honest. In my alone time recently, I have discovered what you talked about a few moments ago. Mm. I have not been... I would say in like the last month or so, I haven't been as good with being intentional in my time of solitude. Mm. I have been scrolling. Mm. I scroll the whole time. Like, well, then that's not solid. That's just regular. That's you in your house. Oh, I guess because <laughs> I'm in my house alone. It feels like solitude. <laughs> oh, boy. So do no. you practice intentional solitude? I think that's the lesson. I haven't. I don't think I've been in practicing intentional, intentional solitude over the last like I say month or so it so we're gonna been, talk about oh sorry go ahead no I was gonna say it hasn't been that way forever but I do think I don't I haven't been prioritizing it um because like even a couple of days ago I was like oh I just want to go outside for an hour and read a book 
And then I allowed like all of these other things to monopolize, like take over that time. So I do need to get back into a posture of being intentional about my time of solitude. And I do think for people, again, who live alone, it can be tricky, right? Because you feel like you're in solitude. solitude. We're going to make the distinction in a minute. That's true. We need how scrolling can make you feel like you're connecting with people, but you're not. It's the loneliest place to be. Yeah. And I think, yes, we'll talk about that in a little in a little bit. And you're on Instagram a lot. How do you know? Because if I post something, <laughs> you're the first view. No, first- maybe on the, your stories. I don't even be scrolling the feed like that. You're on there a lot. We talked about this before on the show. We said we were going to check our hours and we never did it. I mean, no, I will tell y'all. I do think on my um, screen time every Sunday I get. I'd be getting embarrassed. It'd be between six and eight hours a day. Hmm. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> on your phone, period, or on No, on, on my phone, period. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But the other thing that plays into that is I'm a person who listens to, I'm a, y'all know I'm a big sports fan, so I listen yeah. to sports Podcast radio on, yeah, like, I stream the shows off of my phone, yeah. and that's at least four hours of the day that I'm listening to the radio. So I think that plays into it. But I For do, sure. I be looking at it like eight hours. Like, like, even my solitude, like, if I'm in my Bible app, or I am listening to worship music, mm-hmm. or I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm I'm still using my phone in ways that are, I mean, mindful, but still. Using the phone. But I I will say, I mean, you know, sometimes I do hate when people call me out. I do. I will say over the past month or so, I've been noticing that I I have been on Instagram and other social media apps more. more. I have been on Instagram more, too, because I have a one hour a day limit set, which should be sufficient. And every day I'm at my hour, like very early in the day. And I usually don't get to my Instagram until later. Like I usually Mm -hmm. do what I have to do. Then I look at it at night, schedule my posts. Mm -hmm. But today, I mean, recently I found myself like in during the day being like your hours up. Yeah. So this is a good lesson, I think, for us all is that it goes back to that intention. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have seasons where, you know, you're out of whack and you just need to reel yourself back on into that intentional solitude. Because, yes, being alone is not solitude. True. All right. Um, What creative pursuits have you incorporated into your me time and what has it done for you? So during the pandemic, my sister's best friend is an art teacher mm-hmm. and um, she was like her center or whatever was like cut back wherever she was teaching. Mm-hmm. So she was doing they were doing like virtual things like mm-hmm. everybody else. And then on the side, she was teaching these virtual painting classes like one on one with people like me. Mm-hmm. So I started taking one hour of my week where I would be on Zoom with her doing a painting, like Mm -hmm. instructional thing. I would have candles and dim the lights. It was back when my baby was going to sleep early, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that. And so I have continued to keep like some artistic element into my solitude or into my um, like pamper time. So instead of just maybe like putting on a foot mask and relaxing, I might make time to like do a coloring book Mm -hmm. or um, doodle or yeah, just something kind of creative. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what um, creative pursuits have I incorporated into my like solid solitude time. It could be cooking. It could be. So for me, I was going to say it doesn't sound super creative, but I love a good. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I love a good word search. Like I literally can go like word search for like 30, 45 minutes wow. is my like go into just a place of Zen and like. 
it's just it's mindless to me. Mm-hmm. And so it just helps me like focus and relax. It's mindless, so, but it's also mindful. Yes. So yeah. I love a good word search. And because we're talking about creative pursuits and I have a couple of different things that I'm like looking at that I want to do. And I feel like sometimes you could feel like you got to be put into a box, but I always said I wanted to make a word search book. So I think 2024 is going to be the wow, year. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. You should do it. I love it. It's something that I love to do. And I think it's kind of like the coloring book thing that I was doing well before. Yeah, it was that was part of my healing journey, too. And um, yeah, before adult coloring books really popped at all. Tanil was talking about this like 15 years ago. Yeah, I was going to like the dollar store and buying like a Barbie coloring book and coloring that just because of the you know, the, um, the motion of it and everything like that. But yeah, I'm going to, we're going to let the adult coloring book go, but I do think, yeah, word search search is, I don't know if it's popular in like the 40s, but like for the, like a, for the culture word search. Well, no, that it was going to be kind of like that. So yeah, let's just, let's just take it offline. Don't don't give anybody my idea. Don't be stealing our ideas. Exactly. I'm going to come find you. (laughs) All right. So now let's move into quiet time. Yes. Do you invite God into your alone time? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you also invite him into your relationships? If yes, what difference has it made? Yes. So I've talked about my quiet time. I talk about it in the essay, what that looks like. It's a very structured time that I have with mm-hmm. God. Uh, these past couple of weeks, I don't think I've been as consistent, so I need to get back on it with that. But what I'm learning is I'm inviting him into all my time now mm-hmm. because you need him every all the time, every second, every of, second the of the day. So, yes, child, he's in the quiet time, the group time, the relationship time. Um, I'm trying not to be as reactive with my relationship with God. So calling on him when I need help or after it's gone awry, but at the inception, I'm inviting him in. Like even when we, I have a, a small team for my business, like at the beginning of our calls, like when I'm meeting with my contractors, we pray over mm-hmm. the calls, like we're inviting God in mm-hmm. to everything at every step. Even if it's just a small thing, it's just the, it puts me in a different posture. Posture. Yeah. Um, So my answer is yes. And what I've seen is that it changes my posture. It changes how I react to things. Mm -hmm. It just shifts my thinking from negative to positive. It's, I talked about this a couple episodes ago of just doing like a thought swap. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what it does. It helps to swap a thought that might have been detrimental to something that's um, more colored by like gratitude and graciousness and patience and positivity. Just, yeah. Yeah, I would say the the same for me. So um, I definitely invite God into my alone time. A lot of the, some of the time when I'm doing my alone time, it's worship music. You know, I'm playing worship music. I'm listening to sermons. I'm praying, etc. Um, but I also invite him into my relationships. Uh, you got to pray to to me. I feel like I am a person who um, deals with some insecurities and even whether it's like work relationships, romantic relationships, whatever, bringing God in helps to fortify my positive mindset versus going into like focusing on the insecurities or the negative things that could happen. Um, And then also in this season, I feel like inviting God in has made me more hopeful um, and having like a more positive mindset because I had been in a place for so long where I was just like letting things happen because I was mad at God and I was just like it's me doing these things is not helping anyway so that's just the honest part of it there are times when you're just like 
why do I need to pray? Why do I need to worship, journal, all these things if the outcome it's is not still going to be quote yeah, it's not because working. we're using it as a means to an end, not as a means for relationship and That's connection. It. So yeah. it was more transactional. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get out of that. Thank you for sharing that. And I also want to affirm to you too, like you're like, I'm someone who has insecurity. That's everyone. I mean, no, no, yeah. I know, yeah. but I wanted to acknowledge that Your for own. myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So in the recent essay of the self love, self-love letter Mm -hmm. the magic of me time you talk about creating a quiet time routine as a safe space and sanctuary for yourself and god um and you give tips on how to do this Mm -hmm. what do you say to someone who doesn't have the time or the energy for this or feels overwhelmed by the idea of yet another daily practice um there's just nothing more important Mm -hmm. like you don't have the time. We all have the same amount of time mm-hmm. in the day. And we make choices around what we prioritize. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that we don't have the time or energy. I think that we don't make it a priority. priority. And I think sometimes when we do have that transactional thinking, like when we're a season of needing something, like when I was doing that 40-day fast, I was praying mm-hmm. on something very specific. Mm-hmm. So I was on it. And then these last few weeks where I've kind of been in a different space, mm-hmm. I've allowed that time to get clouded. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about making it a priority and really making ourselves a priority. That's it. There's yeah. nothing more important than caring for your own well-being. Nothing. You can't you I, you can't tell me anything come up with anything where I would say, "Oh yeah, I, I can see that." There's nothing more important than our well-being. Mm-hmm. And kids have the luxury, most kids of of a parent caring for them. Mm-hmm. We don't have that luxury. We are responsible as adults for our own mm-hmm. well-being and care. Yeah. And so, being able to connect with yourself, being able to connect with God is literally the the um, foundation mm-hmm. for your your well-being you can't practice self-care without getting to know yourself and spending time with yourself mm-hmm. otherwise it's just performative yeah and I would say um you know if you feel overwhelmed <clears throat> by having to create the practice you know, to, to engage in this daily practice, like start small, like quiet time of five minutes is better than no quiet time at all. Right. So it doesn't have to be like this one hour experience that you have to like perfectly curate. Right. It could just be five minutes in your car, in your backyard, on your porch, wherever of just intentional quiet time and take the time and energy from somewhere else. Take something off your plate. And it's not, it's not like, oh, I don't have the luxury to do that. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's literally a choice. There's there, we can, we have to make sacrifices in life, but we don't feel like we are a worthwhile sacrifice that our well being and our self care is a worthwhile sacrifice. You go make a sacrifice to get that rent paid and to put food on the table. So do what you have to do to take care of yourself. Little tough love, a little tough love. All right. So let's move into loneliness. Um, In the intro, you shared the words, I am also aware that when we're not intentional about our alone time, solitude can sour into loneliness. Have you experienced this? Yes. Um, I think there are times where I have unknowingly self-isolated and that might be physical, like where I'm just... Mm -hmm home and then feeling like oh now this is not this is isolation I'm not going to things or I'm not hanging out Mm -hmm. or I'm not chiming in and now I'm beginning to feel lonely um but I think for me it's been more so about 
I talk in the essay about there's an even more bitter type of loneliness is, mm. and we talk and I talk about this is when we when we're when we're surrounded by people but still feel lonely when we're in a relationship but still mm. feel lonely. Um, there's an even more bitter type of loneliness when we are surrounded by people and are still feeling lonely or when we're in a relationship and still feeling lonely. And I think that um, that is when we isolate ourselves emotionally. And that's something I've done, created, been around people, but we created a distance. And I talk in the relationship episode about I have a tendency to keep things on the surface because that's a safe space for me. So someone might think, oh, this person has, you know, she has so many friends, but I, that lack of depth can also create loneliness, loneliness. in within a friend group or within a relationship or even within a marriage. I've, I have, I had moments in the early in our marriage where I felt lonely in the marriage and it was a sad place to be. Yeah. 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 I will say um, I have experienced this as well um, because I self-isolated um, after experiencing, you know, loss. I was just like, I don't I, I don't want to have to talk about it or deal with it. So I'm instead of me having to show up and wonder if people are thinking how I'm doing or feeling, I'm just going to um, remove myself from some of those situations. The self-isolation. So, yes. Yeah, so. Okay, so let's go into the other question we have. Have you ever felt lonely within a relationship or within a, like around people, but still feeling lonely? Like what I just kind of described. Yes, I have been in um, friend groups at times where I've, I, I think I've do it, I've done it to myself though, mm -hmm. um, by having guards up and not being um, open to receiving whatever the... Um, group is giving out or mm -hmm. offering or pouring into me or pouring into the group at the time I had put up a shield where I wasn't able to receive those things. And so I felt lonely, although I'm in the midst of all of these people and all of this love and support, I had created my own little bubble bubble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there are people who feel lonely within their family mm -hmm. who feel mm -hmm. lonely within like I said, their relationships. Their relationship. So how do we deal with this? That is a um, a good question. Dollar question, right? Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I have the answer to it. I think it. part of it is bringing some of the walls down. Yes, Because for I sure. think vulnerability breeds connection. Mm -hmm. So what I've learned is that part of me feeling lonely was I isolated to protect myself, mm -hmm. to keep out the bad but I also kept out the good. The good. Yeah. So I, we've talked previously about instead of creating a wall, creating a gate, something like creating a fence, something fence, with a door, yeah. something where you can have, you know, use your discernment to let, so to allow people in and create openness. closeness when it's needed. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did self-isolating harm you and how did you, or are you getting out of it? Um, I think I first had to acknowledge mm -hmm. that I was isolating because part of it with me is like I'm isolating to protect myself so everything looks like it's fine. So if everything looks like it's fine, I'm not just tricking the people on the outside, but mm -hmm. I'm also tricking, tricking myself. Yourself, yeah. So I'm like, everything's good. But then I'll have these moments where it shows up in other places. Mm -hmm. And I talk about this in the essay. Like, I think there were like four or five things like, are you feeling this? Are you feeling that? Does this happen? That are kind of indicators that you might be having this experience and so I started to notice some of those things that didn't feel like myself and I realized that I didn't feel like I felt like I didn't have anybody which is not something I've 
you know, typically experience, but like nobody can understand me. It's nobody I could go to. And I had lots of people, let me know what I could do. Let me know, you know, I'm here checking in, whatever. But it, it didn't, that didn't like really feel genuine. And a lot of that was because I didn't want to let anybody in. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Why didn't it feel genuine? But it was because you had that, the wall. Because it was surface, right? Surface. So if somebody says, let me know if there's anything I can do, I'm sure they would, but then I'm not going to come back and say what they can do. I don't know what they can do is. Yeah, sometimes you don't know. Yeah. We did, we're not having a conversation about what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a, hey, I'm a doing tap. a check-in. Yeah. And then it's like, thanks, I'm good, or I'm not, but thanks. You know, yeah. but it, without the depth and without the vulnerability, then that that isolation just continues to like perpetuate. Um, and I noticed it coming up in other places. So mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm good when I'm not good, but then I'm blowing up over here. Mm-hmm. No, that that's good. <laughs> and I think there are um, I think I'm trying to uh, process some of this myself Mm -hmm. as a person who is coming out a period of isolation where I wasn't um, willing to share and be vulnerable about certain aspects of my life. Um, So I'm stepping out of that in some areas. And then in others, I feel like I'm being a little bit selfish. So in my mind, I'm trying to think about like, is this isolation or is this just me being comfortable in setting my own boundary without outside noise. Cause you all know that that's something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. So in my um, relationship right now, I'm kind of feeling like I don't want to let like too many people in. And, is, and then I start thinking like, are you isolating yourself away because you're in this like relationship because you don't want anybody else to like, cloud what's going on with you and is that something that's healthy or is it just good that you're setting like this boundary this boundary so you should ask yourself that repeated why so why am i not letting people in oh i don't want them to cloud this space that i'm Mm. in but why but why because i feel like i might lose it but why would you lose it so like keep keep doing that yeah in the book that i talked about sisterhood heals um Dr. Joy, Mm -hmm. she talks, she references Jeezy actually and Mm -hmm. says she does this like exercise, like, and then what? Oh, and then and then what? But Mm -hmm. that that exercise is helpful to get to the root or the fear that's keeping us from doing whatever it is that we think could be good. Like it could be good to let people in, but I am let keeping people out. Why? Why? And then you can determine how to open and close the gate as and that's the thing. It's like I think I am uh, have established a fence, but sometimes even a fence, even though you have like, like places where you can, things can come in, you have to let them in. You so have to let them in. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to be, be conscious. conscious of the fact that I am putting up a boundary, but also allowing some inputs to seep in as well. So it doesn't get to a place of like complete isolation. Yeah. All right. So we talked in depth about relationships in our recent paid subscriber only episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, if you haven't listened to it, we keep saying it. It's definitely worth uh, going back and taking a listen. Um, Have you ever felt lonely within a relationship and how did you deal with this? So this is what I was kind of getting at earlier. Um, I think, I'll talk specifically about like within our marriage. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I felt lonely. And I think it's because I wasn't completely um, 
aware of how to show up in my new role. Mm. And so sometimes I felt like, yes, I was being myself, but then sometimes I felt like I was trying to be a wife, whatever that is. And I felt like I was putting forth all this effort and maybe it wasn't appreciated or maybe it wasn't seen. Um, I feel like I was also a lot quicker to, I'm more communicative. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was a lot more open about just kind of incorporating him into my existing life Mm -hmm. and and making that a part of it. Whereas with him, it's like, he what he I didn't feel like he was operating that differently than he was before from my perspective. And mm-hmm. it was like a need like a need to know basis. Like if this has to do with you, sure, I'll bring you in, but this doesn't have to do with you, mm-hmm. then I still have my own life. And I was much more of the school of like, we're one now, we're combining our lives. Mm-hmm. So because of our approaches and our expectations, mm-hmm. it caused me to resent him mm-hmm. for doing what I think is good and healthy of like maintaining your own sort of life and identity. Identity. I mean, not all of it, like some of those things did need to change, but there was a lot to be learned from that as well. And Mm -hmm. it caused me to feel lonely. I think now in the maturity of our relationship, he can see how, okay, I can, I can, I need to let this person more in because we have a shared life and I can see how it's like, Oh, but I also need to conserve something for myself because that's a healthy practice. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we've met more in the middle, but it was a really dark place. And I even, I had a lot of regret. Like what was the point of being married for me to still feel lonely or isolated or not connected to you? I felt like we felt more connected before because of so much of the societal pressure. pressure yeah. So that was a, that was a time that I can like kind of distinctly remember experiencing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, it helps me to relate to others when they say, they say it. I feel alone and you're looking at them and you're like but you're around all these people People. it doesn't mean anything you can be around the closest people to you but if you're blocked up right yeah yeah it's like get rid of the blockage yeah um how do you combat loneliness while still trying to practice solitude just the um now I know sort of what some of the pink flags are Mm -hmm. so I can see (laughs) before Mm -hmm. things come up and just being open and honest and vulnerable with myself. Like I said earlier, a lot of the I'm okay was also to myself. Mm -hmm. So now I can at least, even if I don't want to admit it externally say to myself, like, "Mm, I'm not doing so great. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I would say, um, I think for me, it's about, taking the time to reflect on why I am shutting people out. And to me, that comes through some of that intentional time for like solitude. So just making the most of, um, of that time by going through some questions that I'm asking myself around, is this a healthy boundary? Am I in a space where I'm feeling vulnerable and willing to let people in? And if I'm not, then what do I need to do to change that? So is that what your self-reflection looks like? Like you're sitting there asking yourself a question yeah. and you're just pondering I'm it. I'm just pondering it in my mind. And sometimes I'll write the answers down, mm-hmm. but I have like full-fledged conversations mm-hmm. with myself where we're going, we're this going. is the question, <laughs> this is the, I'm interviewing myself. Uh-huh. Tanil, what is, what is this? And it'll respond. Right. And, right. <laughs> but yeah, that that I just have these conversations in my That's head good. around like, why are you really doing what you're doing? And is this a healthy thing that you need to continue? Or is it um, an unhealthy habit or practice that you need to let go? And I'll be honest, sometimes I recognize this, that it's an he- unhealthy habit and I'm still may continue it for a little bit. But I keep reiterating to myself like, 
you know, this is something that needs to change. To be in a place that you can even do your own sort of self-guided therapy Mm -hmm. is good. That speaks to the fact that you are have the awareness, like we talked about, and some of the acceptance that comes from the intentional solitude. And sometimes I will know that it is, um, I am lonely versus like needing solitude. If I get to a place where I feel like I need to escape my current environment Mm. to get the solitude that I'm craving. So I know at that point that I'm feeling lonely Lonely. versus like if I have to say, oh, I need to go take a drive to be with my own thoughts. And I'm clearly in my house with my own thoughts all the time. Like there is a distinction that's loneliness versus the intentional solitude. That's funny. And then I, I, as a, like I said, self-proclaimed extrovert will leave my house to be around people. Just to be yeah. around people. Yeah. I just be like, let me go to the store. Well, I do I do that too. Let me like go to this coffee shop. Every day, now that I work from home, I try to leave the house once a day. But the once a day is not always healthy because sometimes I'm like going to Target and I'm spending money that I don't need to spend, or I'm going to get something to eat when I really need to be cooking at my house. Mm-hmm. But I'm craving like human connection. Human connection. Or interaction. Yeah, because Work from home, I mean, I love it. I don't want to go back into traffic or anything like that. But again, if you don't have anyone lonely. in your house. Yeah. And even like, if you do. You know, that were true. Yeah. It's just like a lonely place to be. And me talking to you on the like, you know, Zoom is not the, same, not the same thing. Yeah. So I did have two people who just started um, like working on my team. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to start. I told them I'm going to do this once a month. I told y'all this, too. I'm going to go into the office once a month. I got to make the commitment to myself to just do it. Pop in. Love that. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we adjourn? Take it to the throne. Well, yeah. Take it to the throne and then adjourn. The benediction. Let's do the benediction. All right. Drums, please. God, thank you for modeling for us what solitude looks like. Thank you for reminding us to unplug from the busyness of life, to seek stillness, and to seek you. Thank you, Lord, that your word reminds us to be still and know that I am God and that we don't have to wear busyness as a badge, but we can set down any burdens to go inward and upward. Help us to remember that there is healing both in our alone time and in time spent with others as long as we honor them with intentionality. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Our practice is this. I commit to giving my me time more attention and more intention. intention. And I will remain mindful and vigilant against loneliness by keeping pathways open to stay connected with God and loved ones during this time. And until the next time that we are connected, be safe. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Self-Love Podcast with Matt and Achete Jones and Sunil Daniels. Like what you've heard? Show us some love and follow or subscribe, then leave a five-star rating and review. For more resources, including show notes and to keep the conversation going, head over to lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N.